what up, what up, Chicago? This is the Spawn of Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. This is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color in the video game industry. I am super excited to rock with you all today on this Mother's Day. It is fantastic to be with you all here in Chicago, here in Twitch land, here in podcast land. want to give everybody massive amounts of love. Uh, I hope you're all doing well out here during the pandemic. I hope you're all uh, staying safe. Hope you're washing your hands, washing your butt, uh, making sure that you are all good in the hood with all the things that you were trying to get done in this life. If you missed last episode with Ariel Powers, WNBA champion from the Washington Mystics, you missed a fantastic show. You need to go check that out on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash spawn on me. Uh, and you also need to go check that out on the feeds. Uh, we're on all podcast platforms. So if you have not checked that out, please do so. Just tell a friend, let people know how dope that episode was uh, because it was pretty damn fire if I have to say so myself. So uh, again, thank you everybody for checking in this week and every week uh, with the show. I'm doing pretty okay. I think um, it's been a really interesting week in and of itself. I think that the... Um, The pressures of, you know, making things in a good space in terms of where coronavirus has kind of laid the the groundwork for everyone to be super angsty and to feel, you know, like they don't have everything under control in the way that they want to is amazingly real. Like we've been putting out content pretty consistently for the past couple of months um, while Corona has been a thing. But I no doubt had a hard hard time this week getting things together um because of just the way and depth of you know how many people are passing away and how many folks are you know not social distancing and 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 all those things in between and it's been a little harder than i expected it to be this week um and i'm trying to figure out good ways to still be positive and still push forward and still push through. And I hope that you're all doing the same thing as well, uh, because it's not easy uh, doing that work. And it's not easy um, continuing to um, try to do your day to day life stuff while all these things are happening. I've had a couple people in my life pass away in the past week. Um, Folks that I grew up with in my old neighborhood, um, some friends of some friends, this family, uh, other people I know who have just been in the space who I know who have passed away. Um, and it's been, it's been really hard. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's been, it's been a very difficult couple of weeks, um, to put good, good, good energy out to everybody in the world. Um, and to feel good about the the future of how things are kind of mush, uh, kind of pushing forward. So for anybody who was, uh, shared good words with me on the internet or shared good thoughts to, you know, the work that we do here. Um, don't think that that has gone unseen. Um, it is something that is absolutely appreciated and absolutely um, felt in my heart. And I, and I mean that with the, you know, with everything that I, that I, that I put out in this world. Um, I hope you again, like are taking time to, to kiss your loved ones, give them, give them love. Um, make sure that you are paying attention to your own self, your own body, your own needs, uh, the things that you were kind of thinking about and feeling and, and looking to, um, uh, 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 you know, find yourself some form of equilibrium out here. Um, it's, uh, it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff that's happening. And I, and I think that, um, to be able to do what you want to do in good ways, um, is important 
And I think you have to take the time to figure out how you can attack some of this stuff in, 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 in ways that feel fulfilling. So that was a lot to say. I hope you're all doing okay. I hope that you're all, um, um, finding good energy in what you can, can be able to put out and can be able to absorb and can be able to ingest. Um, it was really nice to have a break with the Erica Badu and Jill Scott battle on IG live the other night. Um, that was a nice version of getting away from it while also being hit right in the face with the, the realities of where we're at. Um, it was a nice change of pace to be able to see all that good, wonderful blackness happening in one space with almost, you know, with over half a million people tuning into that event. Um, and it's been so nice to be able to kind of disconnect from the world world um, and have good content like that be in the space too. So it's like, it's been, it's been a long week. <laughs> it's been a long week. But with that said, um, with long weeks being long weeks and all those things being in, in those spaces um, and in those places, I do want to say that in terms of gaming stuff this week, we had a pretty, pretty cool week. Like there was some pretty awesome details that got laid out uh, this week. And I, I want to talk about them this week in the 411 uh, because I think there's a lot of cool meat to to jump into. So let's let's dig into the 411 and we'll talk about that after the bumper. So there's a lot of stuff happening right now. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, lots of things that are digging into all of what's happening with the video game world. I think Thursday uh, was a really interesting day um, because we finally got a chance to see uh, all the cool stuff that was happening from Microsoft and they dropped their Xbox 2020 um I don't know if you can call it a showcase. I don't know if you could call it a a conference. I don't know if you can call it like a direct. It was a really interesting piece of content in the way that they are kind of continuing to push out their marketing plan uh, up until launch of the Xbox Series X. I think one of the kind of most important parts from from everything that we saw over at Thursday was just how much they were trying to figure out how they want to convey that they are coming out with really cool stuff out the gate. I think they focused on third party titles in the first like major event where they showcased video games coming out on their console. Um, I think what wound up happening during the whole process was the messaging that happened directly with the, with the, ideas around what they wanted to show and what they actually showed were very, very different. Um, there was a lot of conversation around this being a bunch of gameplay um, that you were going to see for the first time uh, coming from Microsoft, uh, not studios, but uh, studios working with Microsoft on the platform. And I'll have to say, like, there were lots of different things that kind of popped up uh, during the show um that left me kind of wanting more i think that there were a lot of good trailers that popped up out of that um i think that there were a lot of interesting titles that we saw kind of coming to the stage and being a part of that mix i think that that was 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 pretty good um 
I do think that the titles that they show, there's always this really interesting space that you you dig into um, once you are trying to convey what quote unquote next gen is supposed to be. And I think that stuff is where they kind of fell. I'm not going to say they fell apart. I just don't think that they landed in the spot that we all hoped that they would. Um, there were a couple of games that I felt that they were very, very, very much so the ideas around what next gen is going to wind up being bright memory uh, infinite i think was a gorgeous looking title it wound up looking like it mixed um a bunch of titanfall gameplay with uh crisis gameplay with oh man with like shadow warrior and some other stuff in that mix like i feel like all that stuff felt super next gen like i felt like that game was what i was hoping for and again like the conversations around what next gen is going to wind up looking like and feeling like and playing like is going to be very very difficult to kind of grok because we already live in a space where we have fantastic games they look really really good everything feels fluid everything is kind of getting to that uncanny valley space but it kind of redefines itself when you don't have as high of a ceiling to hit um, to uh, kind of make those things uh, showcase themselves and set themselves apart from the idea that you have in your head versus what the actual game is going to look like. Um, so I feel like there's a part of that conversation that still has to kind of be defined and we don't know what that definition is actually going to look like yet. Um, there were some other games within that section of, of footage that they showed uh, that I thought were really interesting. And I wrote a couple of them down, the ones that I thought were going to be kind of cool. Uh, there was one called Scorn, which was this really interesting Geiger-esque game. It felt a lot like the Geiger art style uh, mixed within this kind of psychological thriller. That seemed to be, be very, very, very cool. Um, there was another game called, uh, they, they actually showed Vampire the Masquerade 2, which I've not played any of the other games. I haven't played the previous ones, but it was intriguing the way they kind of, uh, positioned it and kind of played it out on screen. It, it, it felt more open. It felt like a much bigger world in a lot of ways. It felt like it was going to be, um, something that was more expansive, which I like. I think that that's going to be pretty cool to be able to see that as a, as a game in that space. Um, but it is one of those things where nothing really screamed next gen to me. And I think that that's a problem that you wind up facing again at the beginning of a cycle, right? You get a lot of runoff and you get a lot of um, connective tissue between what the uh, previous gen looks like and then what the next version of the gen looks like. So like there were games in that in that montage uh, showcase that didn't really do any of that stuff at all, to, to, to be honest. Like uh, they showed Madden... Uh, 21 Madden looked exactly the same um, than what I, I expected that game to look like, which was really disappointing in a lot of different ways. Um, and it's, and it's weird. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about just like, you know, what exactly is next gen, right? I remember in 2008, there was a, there was a Michael Vick Nike commercial that was all done in CG. It was this really tight shot of Michael Vick playing football um, behind the, 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 the O-line and everything you can tell was computer generated. But at the time, 
no one knew what it was because it was like technology we hadn't really seen before. It was, you know, we hadn't seen video games look like that or things that kind of resembled video games look like that. And it blew everybody away. We were all just like, what in the hell is that? Like, how do we get a chance to play that? And what does that look like in a real way? Um, which was pretty fantastic. It was something I had not expected to be able to get my hands on to play on anything like that, because it was just like, there's no technology that looks like that. It was like crisis running a video game. Right. And even to this point, when it comes to certain aspects of, again, the graphical plateau and the graphical uh, kind of mountaintop that we expect to see, there are things within that trailer or in that commercial that we still haven't met when it comes to video game properties or the way that games look and the way that that stuff kind of feels, right? So I'm always trying to balance out my expectations versus the reality of where we wind up laying within the cycle, um, where we wind up laying in the terms of what is the, the peak of graphical uh, fidelity as opposed to where you know the, 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 the foundation and the floor is right now, which is already very, very high from AAA studios especially. Um, and then I have to balance out what the conversation looks like from a consumer per, consumer expectation perspective to say, you know, what do most people care about when it comes to this process of making games or playing games at this point? Like, I think a lot of folks uh, are going to wind up being a little bit disappointed by what next gen is supposed to offer them. Um, because they have this vision in their head that everything is supposed to look a certain way. And I honestly don't think that that's going to be the, the the grounding force of what next gen is going to be for most people. I think it's going to be all about speed. I think it's going to be about um, expansiveness. I think it's going to be about bigger as opposed to f uh, prettier. I think it's going to wind up being about the uh, the way that your OSs on your consoles and PCs work in conjunction with the games that they play. And it's gonna be about hardware more than it is gonna be about software in some aspects. Like software is the thing that drives all of this. Like you don't buy hardware for the sake of buying hardware unless you have really good software to back it up. But I think that the the way that things are being positioned from Microsoft and Sony, you're gonna wind up seeing the, the benefits of the technology coming through with all that kind of stuff. So I think that is where you're gonna see um, all that goodness come through um, and, and, and be in a really good spot. Again, next gen is going to be all about hardware. It's going to be all about how you figure out good ways to showcase the things that you're doing and showcase um, the technology that's going to be driving the games that you're going to want to be want to going to be playing. So I think Xbox, in terms of their actual strategy for this one, I think they probably took a knock on it, uh, to be honest. Um, I think the the beauty of where they wind up landing um, is that it's probably around like a seven in terms of seven out of tenness. Uh, and I think to a certain extent, the the hope now is going to be because they talked about wanting to do uh, monthly streams that are going to bring more of the information to you during the year up to launch. I think July is going to be a huge, huge, huge month for them. Not just because of the fact they're going to be showing more stuff, 
but it's going to be first party stuff, which I think is going to be even more important. I think first party titles are going to be the thing that in the initial first six months to a year of Xbox putting out the Xbox Series X is going to be the thing that actually propels them to uh, if they're going to get a lead over uh, Sony or not. Like if they're not going to get a lead over Sony at this point after not really pulling it from the first year over from the first uh, uh, generation from last generation. This is the way they need to do that. They need to come out of the gate super strong and really, really forceful and say, we're going to have all these all these really dope um, uh, games coming out uh, and, and, and kind of showcasing the power that they've been touting about this console. Um, I did hear some conversations around Microsoft also saying basically um, that, you know, just wait and see a little bit like, you know, we know that we didn't nail it with this first initial kind of uh, show showing and showcase, but kind of hold on and, and, and we have more stuff for you, which I think, again, is going to be very, very telling. You know, they have a I'm not going to say they have a small window to, to, to capture mindshare. I think, you know, the narrative is definitely going to change a lot once Sony shows their box. Uh, we know that that's going to wind up uh happening and once that does happen then this conversation is going to happen all over again it's going to then be an actual battle between those two two companies to see who has the best hardware what that stuff is going to look like i think sony's going to eat up a lot of the uh of the airspace for a while once they show the box but then we get to have real good conversations about what games are going to look like what things are going to play like um, how things are going to feel. Um, because if you remember, even a couple of weeks ago, Microsoft had a huge lead in terms of mindshare and, and, and in terms of conversation. But as soon as Sony showed the PS5 controller, the DualSense, all that energy kind of went out the window. And there were people who were on both sides, but it was still a huge push for Sony to kind of get what they thought that they needed um, in that initial kind of thrust. Um, which is going to be very, very important to everything involved uh, for next gen for them. Um, next up is all about all, all, all about Mortal Kombat. Uh, Mortal Kombat is going to be very, very cool for multiple reasons. Um, because I think what's going to wind up happening for a lot of people is that um, if you've not been on the fence for Mortal Kombat, if you've not really been in the space for it, uh, you're going to have lots of cool things to play with, uh, which I'm actually pretty excited for. Um, I'm not going to play the audio for that. So whatever, uh, <laughs> Mortal Kombat, um, their new trailer, they just dropped about MK Aftermath, which is going to be all, uh, story based content, uh, which is going to be fantastic. I am very, very excited about this. I am a huge Mortal Kombat fan. If you've been following the, the, the work that I do here at Swallow Me, you know I'm a huge uh, video game fan and a huge Mortal Kombat fan, especially. Um, I think that them not just dropping another uh, uh, content pack is very, very smart. I think they, they had some things on the table that they didn't drop before, uh, which I think is going to be very interesting as well. Like them not just having uh more you know character packs and and more uh dlc in that form of fashion 
while also giving you a couple of players to to to, to dig into. So you have Fujin, uh, who is amazing, Master of Wind, uh, who is uh he was in at least three other games before that and uh, then kind of disappeared um shiva who, who is amazingly dope uh the, the 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 character who plays her or the person who plays her is hella fine uh i'm just saying that out loud anyway because it's true uh, and the thing that is going to bring this together for me in a real way is the fact that they have not decided, they've decided that they are going to push forward and extend the life of this game. It's very difficult to, in a fighting game sense, to push the narrative forward in ways when you've kind of landed it in a good spot. Like the end of the, the, the Mortal Kombat 11 uh, campaign was satisfying. It was super good. It's always been good. Their story content has always been really, really cool. Um, but now with them kind of adding in characters or pulling characters back in through lore, through story content is a very different way to do a video game fight, uh, to do a fighting game. Um, and then having surprise characters like RoboCop come out and be a part of that iconic characters like RoboCop is a totally different thing. It's something that I did not expect to be in the space at all and i'm really hyped for the fact that they're going to put robocop in this game like how do you put a character like that in your game especially knowing the lore and the ideas around mortal Kombat, oh, not mortal Kombat, about around robocop um being more gritty like a lot of people don't know that the original conversations around robocop when they first started doing that movie would that it was going to be super visceral it was going to be very very a much a blood and guts kind of thing it was not just going to be like you know all the catchphrases that you already know and all the stuff that you've already kind of remembered over the years it was going to be something that was going to be very very gritty um and that grit was going to be the thing that pushed it forward in in very cool ways um so to see them pull that character in is especially interesting as for they had all the other guest characters like spawn and terminator and um uh, who else did they pull into it? Uh, I mean, Shao Kahn was one of the ones that was like a part of DLC, but um, he wasn't like a super special guest character that you didn't expect to be in that space. Um, so I'm very, very excited about that prospect of that being what this new Mortal Kombat DLC and content is going to want to be. The one caveat that I do feel is a little bit shaky and I don't necessarily know if I rock with it is the fact that it's going to cost 40 bucks. So 40 bucks is pretty steep for standalone content, especially when it's story content like that, where I have a feeling you're going to blow through that stuff in a couple of hours. Like, I don't think that thing is going to wind up being as expansive as you would wind up hoping it would wind up being. I mean, the fact that they've added new stages with stage fatalities, they've added friendships back into the game uh, that look really fun and cool. You're getting three characters and you're getting story content maybe when i say it out loud maybe it maybe it's worth the 40 bucks like even if it was ten dollars cheaper i think that would feel more palatable to most people i think that would feel like a a, a okay number to be able to kind of feel like you got your money's worth and also did what you needed to do um but i i do have to say like i i wonder again like where the pricing lands for stuff like that because it's just a interesting number to land at um when it comes to 
you know, doing that kind of stuff um, for a game like this. So I'm hyped for it. I want to play RoboCop. I think next week they're going to shock. They're going to talk about actually this. This will be out on Tuesday. So this week um, they probably have shown stuff either early week or they'll be showing it during this week. Uh, some RoboCop, RoboCop gameplay. Um, also, a cool fact, Peter Weller is going to be reprising his role as RoboCop doing the voices for it, which again you know another realm going all out they got keith david for spawn now they got peter weller for robocop the, the the guy who was the original robocop so i'm i'm very excited for for what they have coming in store and um it's going to be really cool to see how they pull this stuff off so we're going to take a two minute break thank you to everybody who dropped uh into the chat and dropped through the show we're going to give you some love in a minute during the break uh, but for everybody who's listening to the podcast hold on for a minute or two uh listen to an ad or two and we'll be right back after this Some real life stuff to talk about. Um, thank you again, everybody who has come back. This is the Spawn of Me podcast, uh, episode 334. I want to give everybody again in the chat, everybody in podcast land, everybody in Twitch land some love. Um, you all deserve it and you and you deserve all the goodness that you have coming to you. Um, speaking again about this week, um, uh, uh, it's been again one of those one of those like pretty harsh weeks man like it's been pretty interesting to be able to kind of land in a good spot of like i'm botching all my overlays today um and uh, i didn't know if i was going to talk about this part again you know trigger warning to folks is going to be about violence and police states and police brutality and all that stuff and you know racism all those things so you know how we do here at the show we we don't we don't move away we don't we don't socially distance from hard things <laughs> We talk about all the stuff um, here at the show, and it's been weighing on my mind a lot this week um, in our cookout segment. Um, I didn't know what to do or how to talk about this particular subject in a good way, but I just wanted to address it. Um, the passing of Ahmed uh, Arbery and um, Sean Reed hit me pretty hard this week. I'm I'm used to sadly used to seeing stories like this in our community pop up from time to time. It is not a thing that I have figured out good ways to cope with it is not a good is not, I've not figured out good ways to reconcile with it. I've not figured out good ways to wrap my brain around the frequency in which this stuff kind of happens and the 
the consistent uh, pushback towards black and brown life in a, in a, in a, in a really like harsh way. Like I'm not, you, I'm not used to feeling even more closed in than I usually do. Uh, and that's a part of black life. It's a part of the way that you wind up maneuvering around in this space and maneuvering around in this country. And now it seems like maneuvering around the world, um, which has always been the case too. Like that's, that's not a thing that is um, um, past my purview. I know that that's what happens all over the world. It's not a place that just happens here. Um, but I want to say is uh, Ahmed's, Ahmed's life, he dude was just doing what he wanted to do, what anybody else would be able to do, if that makes sense. Like being able to just go run around and jog and feel free is a thing that everyone should have. It's not a thing that just some people should get. And seeing Ahmed kind of be around in this space, fighting for his life. I'm a person who watches the videos. Like I know there's a, I know there's a huge conversation in black Twitter and in black spaces about like, should you, should you share those videos? Should you, should you watch those videos? How much of that stuff should you consume? Um, how much of that stuff should you, you know, pull into your body to pull into your soul, pull into your mind. I am a person who feels the need to to look at that stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like it affects my mood. It affects my way of being. I was at work at I me. Mean, I'm, I'm at home while I'm working, but I'm like seeing the scuttlebutt of this thing that's happening. And I'm, and I'm like, all right, let me go look at it to see what, and here, oh man, here's the thing that's heartbreaking is that every time a new thing like this happens and I, and I go to see the video, the first thing I already know before I even click play on any of these things is that I know for the most part, 98% of the time, 98% of the time, I know that the person who winds up dying did nothing to deserve it. Did, was never put in a position where the other person felt at risk or or, uh, or 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 never was in a position of actual power to actually do harm in a way that the other person, the 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 killer, the murderer, the 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 assaulted in their mind felt like I know that there is no connection between the amount of fear that that person had and the actual amount of danger that was in that moment. I know that that thing is never really this one-to-one. I know it's not. I know because I've seen fear work in white spaces and fear working in white spaces is, is infinitely more dangerous than the actual danger that people wind up finding under the, uh, finding themselves in. And to me, that is the part that is the most mind boggling thing to have to reconcile with as a person who loves my people who knows that we are just trying to get through the day, trying to just make shit happen and go to work and be with our families, be good human beings and do all that shit. But to see fam literally running down the street, literally running down the street and then seeing these two trucks in the street, in the fucking street, just waiting to be there for something to happen. 
it hit me with it hit me with like such a such a hard hit this week. You know, I see you, Boss Geekery. I see I see what you shared in the chat. Like, yes, I agree. And and I and y'all are family. Y'all y'all are my community. We're all community here. Like, you know, you know, and I know that there's a lot of bullshit that goes along with all of it. We all know that the conversation always winds up turning and it's turning today, especially towards the whole like, how do we want to demonize the person who wound up getting wound up getting killed? That narrative is already brewing already. Um, and then seeing the brother Sean Reed, you know, die as well, who you can tell absolutely had some mental issues going on. You can see it in the way that he's calling out for help. Like people don't do what he did unless you're actually reaching out for help. It may not be in the same ways that you would think that they would be, and it may not be in the ways that you hope that they would be. But that incident, when you look at the entire video, that brother was asking for help. He was running away from the cops. Absolutely. Um, He was running away from the cops, doing something not smart. But in the video, when he's talking to the people who are looking at his live stream, he is asking for help. You can tell he's crying out for it. And to hear the way that the police officers then murdered him and also are standing over that dude's body laughing continues to tell me how much my life does not matter here. And that's the thing that fucks with me. So I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with that energy. Uh, trying to make content is hard. Ugh. But I don't know. I just want people to be safe. Man. I want people to feel fuck. Um I want I want people to be able to to do what they can do and feel okay. Um I'ma dip out. I love y'all. If you need things, reach out. You need things for me, reach out. Um, my DMs are open. Um, keep pushing, keep trying. Um, keep feeling like you can be who you are and do what you need to do. And um, yeah, I'll see y'all next week. I'm out.